Are you looking for love? Well, on today's show, we have love coach Carissa Montooth, and she might just change the way you think about finding the love of your life. Listen up right here, right now on Polly Campbell Simply Said. Hello, 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 and welcome to Polly Campbell Simply Said. This is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And today we are talking love. Love is in the air. And let me tell you what, I am not the expert, although I have been married for a long time now, and that's going well. So it's it's tricky to be in relationship with people, but it's also very fulfilling and rich and you know what i'm talking about the thing is this time of year as we approach valentine's day i hear more and more like oh there's no good men left or i'm too old for that or i've never found my true love whatever it is right we all have these messages going off in our heads about what makes us lovable and I'm curious about that. So I called in the expert today. I've got love coach Carissa Montooth here today. Welcome, Carissa. Thank you, Polly. I'm super excited to be here. Lots to talk about. And this is, I'm sure you get a lot of attention for this topic too, because this is the one thing that we all have. We all want love in our lives, right? But we also have insecurities and all these mindset issues and messages going off in our heads. So I want to get to the root of it because you say that anyone, particularly single women who do a lot of complaining about this, can attract and find the men of their dreams and and not only have a great dating life, but have a great relationship without all the self-sabotage and all the drama that we often bring into our lives. And you said you've done it this way too. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I've done it for myself and I've done it for I don't know, hundreds of, well, I should say I've done it with hundreds of clients um, over the last seven or eight years. And it's really, we we think of love as this thing that's like this magical thing. You know, it's funny because when it's, when it has to do with money or it has to do with, you know, our career or any other goal, we're kind of like, okay, I can, I can make that happen. I can create a plan for that. I can work really hard toward that. I can kind of make that happen. But with love, it always kind of feels like the stars have to align in the right way. And like the gods have to smile on us. And, you know, it's like this other thing that just feels like uh, that it's so much of it is outside of our control or that, you know, we can't really impact it. And there's really, there's a really different way of looking at it that just feels so much easier and that just actually allows things to come to us instead of us feeling like we have to hustle and make it happen and yeah, so that's what I really like to talk to to women especially about. Well, yeah, and I want to hear about that today, but I think there are all these messages out there specifically geared to women. You got to look a certain way. You got to be a certain weight. You have to be an achieving, intelligent woman, but not too loud, right? Not because not you too don't want to because you don't want to, you know, uh, intimidate anyone, right? You don't want people to think you don't need you don't want a man to think you don't need him. Right, right is the message we get. Right. <laughs> no. but you talk about this different. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Very take, different. Take me in, take me into how you work with your clients and how your clients work with you. You say that a lot of it starts with overcoming our own voices and our own inner messaging, uh, getting over our own self-sabotage before we can go out and, and find that person for us. 
Yeah, that's a really huge thing because when I work with my clients, we're not just working on attracting love. We're working on being that that version of us that has that strong sense of self so we can sustain a happy, healthy relationship. Because once we get into that relationship, a happy, healthy relationship after a series of really difficult relationships is like the hardest relationship we can ever have. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> the self-sabotage kicks in really strongly and we're like, this feels great, but nothing about it feels familiar at all. And we're kind of just like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And we're like, you know, it just triggers all of these things in us. Um, even going back to like our childhood, back to our relationship with our mom and dad. And, you know, cause they were the first two people to teach us about love, but sort of the overarching thing that I talk to my clients about is that you don't make love happen. You make love welcome. So that's something that we kind of like keep in mind for ourselves because everything else is like this hustle culture mentality of like, you know, we've got it. You've got to get on the apps and you've got to treat it like it's a second, you know, like it's a part-time job and you've got to put yourself out there more. And they're just all of these messages that are just not healthy and completely unnecessary in terms of actually having and sustaining a happy, healthy relationship. Well, you know? and I, I know women who don't want to do it because they have enough on their to-do list, right? Oh my gosh, who wants to do it? Like there's <laughs> even when I work with my clients and they get to the point of like, no, I've never worked with a client who's gotten to the, the point where she's like, you know what? I would really love to be online. You know, I have clients who are like, okay, I'm ready to be online if you can help me navigate it. And I'm like, certainly we can do that but 90% of my clients don't go online at all and still meet up with their person. So mm. it's also this other thing that says, you know, I try to remind people, people were meeting and falling in love and getting married way before the internet ever even existed, right? So it's like, do we have to go on apps? No, we don't. <laughs> we really don't. It's just one of the ways that we can connect with people. But the main three ways that my clients connect with people aren't even online. It's like either when we do all of the work to heal, the, what they, and they have the clarity about what they want and they're practicing um, specific kinds of self-love and self-care that are for them, you know? So it's not like just the routine of like, hey, get more massages and do these things. It's like, that's not it. <laughs> self-care is different than self-love and it's different for each person, right? It's like, uh, but we do these things, we get these things in place. And then usually what happens is it's one of three ways that they meet this person. So it's either someone from their past that they didn't have that kind of a relationship with initially. So if you think of like someone you knew in high school and you just kind of lost touch or something like that and somehow you reconnect, right? Or it's someone that's in your current life that you just never would think of that way. And something changes in the in how you relate to each other. And all of a sudden you can see each other as potential romantic partners. You're able to do that. Uh, or the third way is that someone introduces you that you both had in common so mm -hmm. it's like I've and I have so many I mean when I say 90% of my clients meet in one of those three ways I have so I can tell you so many stories about each of those ways where it's like someone from one of my clients it was someone who when she was initially married and her kids were very young this person was um, the dad of one of her kids friends Right. So it's like, oh, well, we knew each other, but we were both married to other people at the time. We weren't really thinking of that as an, we weren't really attracted. We were just good friends. Our kids were friends. You know, we were in that, that, that time of life where it's all just about raising kids and, you know, supporting each other and that, and that kind of thing. Later on, they'd both gone through divorces. They'd, they'd lost touch. They didn't, you know, they uh, weren't in the same city anymore. Both went through divorces. 
um, ended up reconnecting on Facebook, uh, went out and, and it was really easy. She was talking about how easy their first date was because they were already friends. They knew each other's kids. That's like, they have the same expectations about life. You know, I know what you need to do as a parent. You know what I need to do as a, as a parent, but we're, um, coming into this with a little bit of a foundation of friendship, which makes it feel a lot less, um, a lot, like there's a lot less pressure, you know? So that was a situation with her where it ended up being someone she'd known for a really long time. And then they just showed up in her life in a new way and they were actually available. And so was she, they could see each other differently. So um, if, that, if, if you're learning who you are now at this point in life, cause we change through all our life experiences and ages and all of that. So if I get to know myself, who I am now, then, it's going to show up maybe in unexpected places is what you're telling me because now I'm coming to the game differently, right? I'm coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we create an energy like, um, and people call it different things, right? People call it um, manifesting. People call it attraction. You know, there are all these different things, but really it's like we create an energy when we're in a healthy place for ourselves. And when we have clarity about what we want, and our circumstances kind of shift to meet that in certain mm. ways. And it feels like serendipity, but it's really, um, it's really just that we're sending out a certain vibration and, and we're, the people who are matching it are picking it up. Uh, and it's really like, it just happens in ways that feel magical, but they're like, it's kind of, I always talk about it. Like it's, it's almost like a Jane Austen novel, <laughs> you know, like in a Jane Austen novel, whatever challenges the heroine is facing, they're always resolved through some kind of completely mundane, you know, change in circumstances. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's how life works. Yeah. You know, Carissa, one thing I'm interested in is you're, you're very sciencey. And in some of the ways you're talking about this, it's like, of course, you you get healthy and you but you're also talking in terms of magic and i know you're also a healer so you have the psychology degrees and then you have the the healing certifications and the generational the the cultural healing right you yes. write about how you've been raised by healers mm -hmm. how do you combine those two does it take all of that this greater understanding of who we are so we show up in the world and draw those things to us like you're talking about yeah, I think it takes both. I think that, you know, when I first was, as I was growing up, right, and I'm growing up in this family of healers and things that would seem kind of woo-woo to other people just seemed really normal to me. It was like, okay, that's how we live, right? Um, but then when I started to go to school and things like that, like in, in high school, college, those kinds of things, I was like, oh, this isn't really that normal to everybody else. Okay, this is different. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I still want to help people, but I'm going to do it in a way that feels more just like palatable, I think, to people, right? So I got my degree in psychology. I got my master's degree in counseling. I was doing those things. And I started teaching in a college. And what I found was women were coming up to me and they were saying, you were teaching about these personality styles. I'm this kind of personality. My boyfriend's this kind of personality. How should we talk about like making it official or are we going to work? Or is it going to work out for us? Those kinds of things. And I was like, well, I can help people, but not in this particular setting. Mm -hmm. I can help these women, but not in this particular setting. And as I worked outside of that, even when I was working with clients uh, that wanted to attract a relationship, wanted to date, it was kind of like, we talked a little bit dating strategy, a little bit mindset shifts, but I had a client once who had such a deep pain that was still with her from a past relationship that I knew we had to heal that. We had to deal with that. 
There wasn't any way that the mindset stuff was going to help her. Mm. There wasn't any way that it couldn't get in if that pain was still so prevalent. So we went, I asked her, I was like, this is going to seem weird, <laughs> but would you mind <laughs> if we do a thing where we connect an energy so I can help you heal this, this pain? And she was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm game. Like the, this has been really painful for a long time. So we went ahead and did that. And the next session that we had, she said, I don't know what you did last time, but we should have been doing that every single time. And from that point on, I was like, okay, we need to integrate these two things because the wounds that we're dealing with that are keeping us stuck, that make us believe that like, oh, love is harder after a certain age, or there's a shortage of good partners out there, or nobody's going to want to be with me because I'm too successful, or nobody's going to want to be with me because I'm a single mom, or you know, I had a soulmate and now that's over with for me, or nobody's going to want to be with me until I lose weight. There are all of these things that we believe that come from wounds. And if we heal the wound, we can shift the belief. But until we heal the wound, I could talk to you all day and be like, the thing that you're, you're believing isn't actually true. And it doesn't matter because as long as that wound is there, it will feel true. So we take that wound with us into our next Absolutely. relationship or whatever. Into okay. every relationship. We take it into every relationship. And what happens is that we draw things that that will confirm our original belief. So we're constantly like attracting this self, self-confirming self evidence of our beliefs. And we don't realize that that's what's doing it. We just keep thinking, yeah well, this is all that's out there. We think this is all that's out there. And we don't realize, well, different people, other people are having a different experience. Mine is remarkably consistent to me. <laughs> and I am the common denominator. <laughs> that's what I always tell my daughter. Listen, if you're showing up and their problems there too, and there too, and there too, there's only one thing we all have in common, right? I'm yeah, bringing right? me to the picture. Right. Interesting. That's interesting. I want to talk more about self-sabotage, the messages we send, and some of your thoughts about how we can begin that healing process. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back on Polly Campbell Simply Said with Carissa Montooth, the love coach, we're going to get into it, how to kind of break down some of these barriers so we can go in a better feeling direction and maybe even find that person we want to bring into our lives. We'll be right back on Polly Campbell Simply Said. And we are back. I'm Polly. You're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said. This is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And we're talking about all things love. But Carissa Montooth, healer and love coach, is going deeper than that. Carissa, you were saying that we have these ways we we sabotage ourselves. We have these wounds and these beliefs and and these ideas that we've carried throughout our life. And it's not until we heal some of that, that we can go forward and find the best match for us now. How do we start that process? How can we begin understanding that? Well, the first part of it is, is um, accepting our own responsibility in terms of what we've chosen in our lives. So there are obviously things that happened to us that, that weren't our fault, right? But there are certain things that we choose over and over again. Hmm. And so when we accept that, it's, it can be tricky because we don't want to get into a pattern of blaming ourselves or feeling guilty. We really just want to say, okay, because I'm responsible for some choices that I'm making, that means I can make better choices, mm. right? So we want to, we want to focus on the powerful side of that. Yeah. Uh, I like and, that idea. Cause it gives me back the power, right? I can say, oh, okay. Now I recognize this. I don't have to do that anymore. 
Exactly. And that's, that's helpful, whether we're thinking of it from like a spiritual perspective, or whether we're thinking of it from a psychological perspective, because you know, I like to work in both. So when you look at it from a psychological perspective, it's helpful because we don't get mired down in guilt and become frozen, like unable to act. And we don't begin to see that as who I am. We just see it as a choice that I've made. Hmm. You know, when we can say, okay, these are choices I've made, we can do something different. Yeah, love that. From, from a spiritual perspective, the way that it's helpful is that we say, okay, well, if I have manifested this particular set of circumstances, I can manifest a new one, right? So what I always talk to my clients about is like, um, you are the only person who's powerful enough to cancel out your manifestation. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and that's essentially what that self-sabotage is. You know, that's essentially what it is. But the beginning of it is just kind of really seeing and owning our own responsibility and power to be able to make that change and recognizing that we're going to have some resistance as we go along. I was just going to ask about that because this is a little vulnerable. This is a little scary to put ourselves out there, but also go deep within ourselves to recognize some of the decisions we've made, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the situation we've created, even if it feels miserable for us, it feels familiar. Mm-hmm. And, and we think like, well, I'm used to navigating single life, right? I'm used to that. Sometimes it sucks. And then I, you know, spend time with my friends or I do these things for myself. I know that some of the women that I work with, I work with women who are single moms who are just starting to date again. You know, they've maybe they, they, they got divorced when their kids were pretty young they stayed kind of single while their kids were going through school, made their kids their focus. Now their kids are are going on to college and other things. And now they're like, my life, I, I get to focus on my life. And this is what I want. At the other spectrum, I have women who've never been married, never have kids, have had kids yet. And they're at, um, they're very, um, they have a lot of responsibilities at work. They're very high achieving, very successful women. And they have kind of a, a different set of things that they're concerned about right? So we've got these two groups, but for each one, their life feels very familiar to them. They're used to the cycle of like, okay, so um, I have a friend, she gets in a new relationship. That makes me start thinking about love and what I want for myself. I go out there with my same set of sort of like beliefs and wounds and all of these things. And I attract the same pattern to me that I've had. That's disappointing. He's he's unavailable emotionally, or we have a great first date and I never hear back from this person again, et cetera, et cetera. I decide I'm going to take a break from love. I'm going to, you know, pull back from all of that. I'm going to refocus on the things that I enjoy in life. I'm going to spend more time with my friends, et cetera, et cetera. Friend gets in a new relationship. She went online. Maybe I'll go back on. I'll go online. I'll try that. You know, it's like friend gets married, you know, or I have a birthday with a five at the end or a birthday with a zero at the end. And I start thinking like, this isn't where I thought I would be in my life at that point. Then I start thinking about love again, but I jump back in with the same energy and kind of get the same response and then pull back again, you know? So it's always kind of the same thing. And we just get really, it it feels familiar to us to be in that cycle. It feels familiar to us to be disappointed in love, you know? And you can get the same outcome, right? If you approach it the same way. yeah. Yeah. And, and there is something that's attractive about familiarity too, because when clients, it's so funny. I always explain this to my clients when they first get into that healthy relationship. I'm, I'm like, you need to WhatsApp me the minute you have a thought that that, <laughs> that is like this, you know, because 
I have over and over again, I've had clients who are like, they're in the great relationship and then they kind of start to freak out. One of the, one of my clients, um, she was in a wonderful relationship with a great guy. And then she, she had lots of guys, guy friends and she would get asked out to dinner. She'd go out to dinner. Her boyfriend was not jealous or he was completely secure about their relationship, but she had this habit of accepting last minute invitations to dinner and not telling her boyfriend about them until after the fact. And he said to her, when you do that, it makes me feel like you're hiding something. Mm. I would be totally fine with you going out with your friends. If you told me when you knew, like, I'm going to go out and, you know, have dinner with so-and-so tell me about it in advance. And she couldn't stop doing it. That's a self-sabotage thing. That's where you go. I'm doing this thing. It feels compulsive. It's totally out of alignment with what I say I want for myself. It does not, this action does not fit my intention, but I can't stop doing it. When you say it like that, then of course, we're going to bring people into our lives that are out of alignment with what we want in a relationship or in a love. But when we align with those things, you said it earlier too, when we're clear about who we are and what we want now, then it's more likely we'll recognize it when it comes into our life, right? Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said recognize because that's exactly what it is. You know, when we're not clear, what all we're doing really is trying to avoid more of what we don't want. Mm -hmm. So we're like, I just really don't want another person who smokes or who lives with his mom or who, you know, whatever the <laughs> thing is, <laughs> you know, and, and whatever it is that you want in your relationship is fine. But when we're focused on what we want instead of what we don't want, we're attracting more of what we want. And then we recognize it when it comes in. So and we also recognize whether our actions align with what we're saying we want. But it, what what you're saying then, Chris, as we wind it up here is there's hope for us, right? We there's can... hope for everybody. <laughs> Every Life is never through with you and love is always there for you. Oh, I love that thought of it too. I mean, I'm thinking about this in my, like, like I started the show, I've been married a long time, but I'm thinking about this in terms of my relationship because as I age and grow and he ages and grows, we have certain assumptions about each other after all these years that aren't necessarily true even now right so we need yeah. to reconnect i need to realign with who i am now and and what he brings and what i can offer him and it's it's a dynamic the way you talk about it is more dynamic rather than just oh i hope he picks me it's more of a dynamic i'm in charge i can be a player in this right i can be part Absolutely. of this yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's such a huge focus that a lot of women have when they're dating is that they're trying, they're hoping to be chosen, you know, mm -hmm. like you were saying, I hope he picks me, but they're also, they commit prematurely to a lot of, uh, a lot of times because they have an understanding of dating. That's not actually dating. They're going into dating, thinking of it as a relationship. And so relationships are exclusive and committed. Dating is not dating is I'm getting to know you so that I can decide whether I want to be exclusive and committed with you. And that getting to know you takes two or three months. It's not like we went out on the first date and now we're, now we're dating and he's my boyfriend. It's not like that. But a lot of times that's how people feel or that's how women kind of go into it and what they think. Men don't do the same thing. Men understand dating. They kind of intrinsically understand dating you know well, and we're and offended so, by that women are offended by that we're absolutely offended by that we're just like what do you mean we're not exclusive and committed and we're not even thinking like do i want to be exclusive and committed to this guy like i don't really know him that well yet you know what i mean we're it's not awesome. thinking of it like 
I try to, I, I talk to my clients about it being a sorting process. It's mm -hmm. kind of your sorting, you know, you're going, but you need to have enough information to be able to make decisions about it, you know, and then they also want to talk about like, well, then if I don't want to date this person, how do I talk to him about it? You know, what do mm -hmm. I say without just ghosting and disappearing? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I want to uh, handle the situation with grace and confidence? Yes. Handle the situation with grace. Chris Montooth, this is so smart. Thanks for tweaking how we can think about bringing love into our lives because we're, we're in charge, right? We can heal our wounds and attract the people to us that that make us feel good and become a part of our lives. How can we track you down if we want to work with you or you've got some great writings on your blog that can help us? How do we work with you and find out more? So to work with me, you just go to my website, which is carissamontooth.com and you can click on a more and there's a drop down that shows you, you can click and, and talk to me. Um, you can also just click, um, you can click um, reach out there's a little thing on where you can just message me directly. We can talk about how we can connect, what love looks like for you, what your love life looks like right now, what you want it to look like and, and how and what it would be like to work together and kind of start that conversation. Cool. And you can connect with me at polycampbell.substack.com and join our Simply Said community there. And I will have links to Carissa's page. Um, and information about her there as well. So touch base. I thank you for being on the show, Carissa. This is smart stuff. It's a good way to think about, about love and about what we can have in our life, all that we can have in our life. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And remember, right? Let's get in alignment with ourselves. Let's understand better who we are now, who we are as changing women and growing women and what we want in our lives. Let's heal those old wounds so we can start fresh creating the lives we want. When we do that, we will all live well, do good and be happy. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast.